back everybody to another episode of this is just my opinion of course i'm your lovely host cassie and we have here my other lovely host miss shayna aka shay shay that's me (laughs) so today i'm excited i have my bestie been friends for 10 plus years now oh lord we're getting old just i know (laughs) but um yes i have my best friend here jessica cameron how you doing hi (laughs) so thank you so much for joining us um today so shall we just jump right into our discussion guys sure all right so today our topic is pretty broad but um you know, just one of the reasons why we invited you to this particular episode is because you're currently in a relate interracial relationship. So, oh my gosh, sometimes that's it. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. All right. <laughs> she don't mean that. What's your first thought is in reference to this subject? So, just since you're our guest. I guess you can share some of your experiences and like what you feel about it in general. Sure. Um, So I do want to start off by saying that just because I am open to partners of different ethnicities and backgrounds, that doesn't mean I have hate for the Black man. Like, I feel like that's kind of whispers around people who, if you're going to date outside of your race, then you must have some internal hate or dislike for Black men or yourself. And it's none of that for me. Like, my partner and I, we're very open about race. I've always been very open about race. Like, he's not my first non-Black partner. Um, And so... I do equity work for a living. Like I cannot date someone and we not talk about race. Like I'm black. I'm a black woman. I'm proud. I'm fine for us. I'm fine for black men. Like I'm fine for Hispanics. Like I'm fine for all of us. So that's an important piece. And I just wanted to say that because I feel like people oftentimes think they have to lose a piece of themselves or conform a little bit. Like I remember I always have my radio on hip hop. And my mom asked me, do I change the channel when he gets in the car or if his mom gets in the car? And I'm like, no. Like, why would I do that? If I drive, I'm in control of the music. We listen to Cardi B. He know I love me some Cardi. I love Megan Thee Stallion. Like, that keeps me grounded in the work that I do. And so... Like, if I'm driving, I'm in charge of music. If he's driving, I'm in charge of music. Or he's in charge of music. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> like, I mean, he's in charge of music. Nah, um, nah, you kept it. You said it. You said it right the first time. It's okay. Be honest. I don't know. I just, you know, that's the first thing that came to mind is like. And I definitely want to delve into that um a bit more because that is like the commonality that comes to mind when interracial relationships um like I sent you that video right Shane I don't know if you watched it okay there's so many videos (laughs) I know I was like (laughs) well I sent you one I was like this will be good for our discussion so I'm sure I watched it I just don't remember (laughs) what it was about because how long ago was it this was yesterday but it's okay um (laughs) 
It's okay. And pause for a moment. Right. (laughs) It's okay. Um, But, you know, it was, you know, just um, a little YouTube clip of different Black people talking about their thoughts and feelings towards interracial relationships. And I just thought it was interesting when asked about it, like, if you would, wouldn't mind being in one. Majority of the Black women said no. Um, and majority of the black men said they would. So what are y'all thoughts on that? Like, I just thought that was very interesting. The would say they would be in one or not be in one. Black women said they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Black men said they would. Okay. And that was like. That is not surprising to me. Okay. So share more <laughs> on that because I'm interested. I thought it was interesting to observe that. Um, I think that it's become understood that Black women are the keepers of Black culture. And so we are the ones that pass it down from generation to generation. And even when um, Black women who are not opposed to being in interracial couples or are married to um, non-people uh, of color, basically, even when you you're, um, when it's a biracial couple with a Black woman and a white man, um, they the biracial children or will always tell you like it's different than having a white mom so it's because black mamas don't play that so i could completely understand black women saying like no i want my strong black man now the fact that the black men are like but we don't want you so there's a very limited finite amount of black men that we can no yeah partaking and I don't have a problem I, I I feel like love is beautiful as long as it's genuine um but it didn't really cross my mind till I moved to the Midwest on how you know there's a lot of dating outside their race based on like self-hate um, so black men will mm-hmm. date all these white women and impregnate all these white women. And I don't know, it, it is what it is. If that's who you want, that's fine. But why am I involved in a lot? Like, why is the reason for you to date that particular person is because you feel some type of way or about black women or your experiences with black women? It's like, what do we got to do with your yeah, relationship. Mind my business. Right? <laughs> just sitting over here. I didn't even ask why you're dating a white woman. You just feel free to say, yeah, black women are. Like, you felt the need to defend your decision. That was a lot and, in Iowa. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. When I first moved, like, it shocked me. And I was like, yo. It was um, so now when I see it, I'm just like, I kind of side-eye it because in the back of my mind, it's like, are you, like, dating for that like the right reason and even that guy I heard about the influencer or oh the man was he was murdered by murdered by his white girlfriend um who's I guess a big TikTok influencer or whatever and um he his old tweets I don't know if this is his way of thinking now or whatever but his old tweets resurfaced of him bad bad mouthing you know black women um, so now this white woman that you were dating 
killed you and claiming it's self-defense, even though there's no visible evidence that he ever abused her. Um, and the family is now calling for people to, you know, fight against, you know, fight for justice. And people are like over here, like minding their business, like, no, you got it. <laughs> but it shouldn't be like that, you know? So you got you on one hand, you're like, you hate us. You don't, you feel like we're ghetto or whatever. And then on the other hand, you want us to help you fight for justice. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so it gets irritating when you really like dig deep into some of these um, mindsets over like just dating or people in general, especially with black women. So. And I just, I think my experience, like, um, I also want to clarify in the beginning when I said sometimes I forget, I don't forget that I'm in a relationship. I very much love my partner, but I forget, like, sometimes I'm like, oh my God, you're white. Like, so we have just like an ongoing joke where sometimes we're like, I say that. And so, um, but I think for me, I always felt like when I dated Black men, even like African men, so African-American men, also like the diaspora of Blackness, I always mm -hmm. felt like I was expected to behave a certain way because they had an expectation of who I should be and how I should express myself as a black woman. And I hate that. I even had my, I had a black partner reference me as looking ghetto when I had like braids, like box braids. And I'm just like, sir. Um, so I just feel like, and even at that time, like, again, I've, I've just personally always been open to dating interculturally, interracially. Like I've, it's not just white. I've dated someone from Nepal and I've dated, like I've talked to Indian men. And so, I mean, I've talked to different type of people. Um, I just love culture and I love difference and I love exploring that. So that's a part of what excites me um, in a relationship is that we have to put effort into our cultural differences or, I don't know. I just love that. I don't know. <laughs> It makes it's it's exciting for me, um, but I just in addition to that, I realize I feel like in addition to what Cassie shared about meeting black men that shared that perspective of like hating or disliking black women, I never grew up that way. Never heard that until I went to college. Um, I think that was a factor um, of something that impacted me. I can't say it didn't, and I think dating outside of my race gives me almost like a freedom of expression. I mean, and it's unfortunate because I know there are Black men who aren't like what I'm saying and I know them now and they're great, you know, but that was my experience. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I don't picture, I don't feel like I'm dating my partner because there aren't enough eligible Black men. Like, I truly love him. Like, it's a good fit, it's a match. Like, I, you know, I don't look at him like, oh, I'm settling because there aren't enough great Black men. Um, mm -hmm. So I just really think people need to check what's important to them. And, and that's okay. Like if it's not for you, it's not for you. Cause there is a lot of stuff that comes along with that, especially outside of your relationship. I think it's most of the external factors that impact your relationship. So. Yeah. And I don't think anything wrong with preferences. However, if your um, preferences is 
you know, putting down a particular group yeah. of people, especially your own. It's like, okay, that's some that's a personal thing you need to check with. That has nothing to do with that group of people. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> like you said, this is not all black men. I know there are who are genuinely in um relationships that are healthy and loving, but you know, we're not involved in that. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think that's the big key um to it. But also like in that video I sent you, Shayna, it was there was this one girl who felt like black women should date more outside their race because of, you know, the statistical factors of black men being like incarcerated or um other <laughs> you making that face. What's that face? Girl, I'm like, where is this video? Because oh my God. <laughs> oh gosh. Um so yeah, it's um she was just kind of stating, you know, we we should encourage other Black women to date more outside their race because the numbers are showing that, you know, there are less Black men available than Black women. And there is a high percentage of single Black women out there. So um, maybe I personally think it's because, you know... Um, but that isn't necessarily... Staff- race thing is it like that's just no because... no that's what I'm getting at as far as like educational like trying to find someone like on your same level so I don't think mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with race necessarily but um there is a disparity in that so I think that's why there's so many um single black women out there um yeah. no for sure and I think a reality too is black women a we're like the most educated group of yes. people in America right. and then our counterpart is like the highest incarcerated in yeah America. and they're still falling behind essentially then I mean there's a lot of systems against them but right and then like that's the reality yeah yeah and I mean from our experience Shana like you already know like dating in your 30s trying to find a uh, partner compatible with you um not only emotionally but just other like factors playing it is really it's difficult so what do y'all feel like about like maybe (laughs) and Jess you might know why I brought this up when um black people not only black women um black men and women are fed do you think that sometimes we're fetishized by oh yeah when I was younger (laughs) in college like that I I like I said I have dated outside of my race for a while and I can tell when someone was trying to try something new or the types of questions they asked um or just like how they are if that makes sense like if you are ne- like if you've never expressed interest in black culture ever before and all of a sudden you like have this black person in your space and yeah. you're trying to try like I just feel like it, yeah it's very real and it's unfortunate because you do have to be careful um about it was that very well. visible in Iowa State I would say that everybody like, wants sure. to experiment <laughs> everybody been like checking for you yeah, I guess college really is about experimenting I don't know yeah well, damn. <laughs> So, but yeah, um, not at my disposal. <laughs> exactly. Have a story. Which, and I just, I have brought my mic closer so that we could experience the story. 
She's childish. Go ahead. I mean, so I've also been someone who dates interracially. Like I've never been like, oh my, I, of course I want to date or marry a black man, but I've never been like, I will not date anyone else. Mm-hmm. So I was in Ohio and um, I had a friend, she's white and she went to school with this Mexican guy. He was adopted. So he already had an identity complex. He wore blue contacts. Just sit with that for a second. Mexican blue contacts. Um, he was raised by a white family. Um, anyways, yeah. So we started dating. He was also in the military, so mm. just strikes and strikes against him. Mm. Anywho, um, she invites me over. She was like, "Oh, my friend is back in town. He just got back from his tour of duty or whatever. He's here for Christmas. Do you want to meet him? We're gonna go all hang out casual." I meet him. He is like staring me down. Was like. He told me I was pretty for a black girl. Should have punched him in his throat there. Yeah, I would have been like, eh. and <laughs> on that it. note, you're done. Yeah, <laughs> you're done. You're done. You're done. <laughs> Finished. Um, he was like, "You're just so fucking pretty." I mean, you're like really pretty for a black girl, and I was like, "I mean, I get it. You grew up in uh, bumpkin ass Ohio, Southeast Ohio, and there was really no one, like, no black girls there, but baby." Okay. Anyways. <laughs> Um, his sister was also like low key fetishizing me. She was like, I mean, like you're a mo- like you're so oh God, you were on like get out right now. <laughs> <laughs> like they're like touching like, get out, You could be a mom. This was in college. I think this was like my sophomore junior year. And then um oh crap, I can't remember. His parents didn't do anything weird, thankfully, but like it was just like they were all from the same family. They had all been adopted from the same family. Um, and they grew up in Ohio with their white parents. And so they like really thought of themselves as white. And it was so freaking weird. And like to this day, like I'm not sure he does not realize that he's not white. And he married a very, very beautiful, also Mexican girl woman um, who was in the military as well. And then they ended up getting divorced. And like he would hit me up every few months Mm -hmm. after we stopped talking which was a two-week like oh I'm dating you he was going back to Germany where he was stationed and I was like all right okay you just love bond me and I'm good I'm done I'm (laughs) downplaying the importance of therapy yeah (laughs) like (laughs) and then he would hit me up and then when I wouldn't respond like he stole my best my best friend the uh white girl he stole her phone and texted me from her phone and was like hey what are you doing and she told me that she was out with him. So I just didn't respond. She was like, he was like, this, why is she ignore me? She always responds right away. And I was like, the crazy, I never slept with that man. I literally just talked to him. We dated, we went on a date. My baby sister, she was like three at the time. She called him. Um, I don't even want to use his real name, but she called him such and such with the spiky <laughs> because he had a buzz cut. But you know, like they they genuinely be fetishizing the fuck, mm-hmm. and it's really creepy. Like it was very much on some get out shit, and I was I was, was like, like, they're like poking at you. <laughs> I'm gonna get out right, <laughs> right now. Yeah, yeah. No. I was definitely fetishized too in college, and just you know the person. <laughs> <laughs> he was known. <laughs> he was that person to, like, like big. You big ghetto black booties so um <laughs> yes that's what i yeah 
he didn't say that because i was like he he didn't say that but his his um his bros (laughs) (laughs) he was consistent like i feel like he had maybe at one point it started with a fetish, but then he was like, I'm down for the culture. Yeah, he 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 is down for the culture. Like he but, like, you know, like, he I definitely, but he, he definitely had some interesting like fantasies. I sh- I, I should think Yo. I don't want to put the business out Yo. there. I don't know if he listens, whatever. I don't talk to him anymore, but um, yeah, you know that. Why was, can't you put I'm, the stories out there? You're not gonna say his name. <laughs> I'm not gonna. You say didn't say your person name. <laughs> I guess but, that's you don't don't say his name, but just tell us the story. Uh, uh, I mean, that is a story, you know. We, yeah, she liked to be of, discreet. I didn't even learn that she entertained <laughs> this boy until we was grown. So yeah, yeah, you don't like to visit it. It must have yeah. been great or something. I mean, he he had a big wah wah. I feel like you told me this story. <laughs> first white boy and I was like yeah first and only because I'm the whole time we were in college I'm wondering why he like puppy dogging after her and now she trying to say he was fetishizing her no he was in love with him some Cassie <laughs> and he just puppy dog <laughs> following her at all the parties and I'm like why he whatever puppy and then okay. after we like 30 25 and stuff she's like oh yeah we was a th- we okay. did that she was like, like yeah that was like a few months girl surprise i'm like He's, i'm over here thinking he he was not fed he was obsessed Cassie, <laughs> okay, you, you, put that, you put that good good on him and he was just like more <laughs> i'm done okay please? on that way please yeah, it was it was it was interesting like, like yo he, have y'all seen that clip of um michaela i can't remember her name the woman from that did bubblegum um that hbo show Oh, chewing gum, you talking about? Yeah, chewing gum. gum. My bad. Netflix, yes. So the main girl? Mm -hmm. Yes. So I can't remember if it was from chewing gum or not because I haven't watched the whole series yet. But it was like this white guy. He was like, I've never been with a black girl. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, And then she was like dressed like a girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really. And then his black wife and his biracial children came up and she was like, girl, you are not the first. (laughs) He he pulled this whole stunt and she was like, oh, my God. No, it's really good. Yeah, she does like a white guy in that. Yeah, that's funny. That's what it sounded like. But they it's hilarious. Was like, no, for real, I was, I was the one. Yeah, I mean, it was fun while it lasted, but so he does that. follow the podcast. Okay, I don't know. No. You should reach out to him. <laughs> I should reach out to Make him. Sure for what? <laughs> Just what? Make sure he follows it. Oh, uh, girl. He's doing. He's in politics right now, so we're just gonna leave that on. <laughs> he loved him some her. And who's in what state? <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't think he followed me like a puppy dog. Now I'm thinking back, like, really was he? Yeah. I mean, I know we were close, but I just because I didn't think you, anybody knew anything. No, it was suspicious. like he really liked you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, <laughs> any more thoughts? <laughs> you could have been a politician's wife. Okay, too far now. (laughs) I think that's actually where. So my mom is also sitting with this too, and so she's now been like 
paying attention to other people who are in racial in in interracial mm-hmm. relationships. So she saw the new justice who just got confirmed. Mm-hmm. Her husband's white, and then Camilla, husband, they're different, and she's just like taking note now. Like, mm, mm. oh, I guess that's a thing y'all successful women do nowadays, huh? And she just like that's interesting. <laughs> That is very interesting, though, that um, a lot of is, um, oh, never mind, she's not Black. But yeah, that's interesting, like, a lot of those politicians or Black politicians do have, like, white spouses or... I've always noticed that, like, at a certain level of success in your life, Mm -hmm. it maybe just is, like, who you're around, um, what you're exposed to, but I just see more like successful black women dating outside of their race and then when I go home like inner city Chicago like then I'll see more black men dating outside their race but does that go along with like the disparities that we were talking about earlier like with you know being like educated and successful and not finding that suitable partner that matches your vibe so you have no choice but to like go with what's available to you. So, oh, that, I mean, I also I, went to school in Iowa, so I mean, I yeah, kind of that choice we were, myself. We were like the little speckles that was around the room. <laughs> they always knew when a black person was not in class. <laughs> like, that's that. That's so noticeable. But where I grew up, so I moved back to the state that I grew up in. And I live very, very close to the county that I grew up in. And when I was growing up, there were, you know, a handful of Black people. Um, But the Black, like, when we were kids, they were already like, I don't date Black girls because it was, you know, whatever the norm was. And on top of the fact that they were like, I might be related to (laughs) y'all. This is also (laughs) funny. Or cousins of cousins of cousins and their mom look it was everybody was kind of related I moved there though and I was like y'all don't know me like that's weird but okay um and I was a quiet person and I was a nerd and I still am weird but <laughs> yeah and then years later some of them black, same black boys like we're kind of cool still and like they were like yeah I thought you were cute yeah I liked you but you don't have no clout and I was like so you dated Becky clout i hate that word so you dated becky (laughs) and now y'all are in my dms trying to talk oh okay right they'll observe but not say anything yeah Um, so i I don't know i think for me it just comes down to like what i like to do what i'm into like i want to sleep with my dog and i like opera and i like hiking and i like water sports and I like camping and I you know so I just think for me it was just like getting to a point where I have more in common with people who have certain backgrounds mm-hmm. I know some people that are black like my brothers and them that are into that and I'm just like that's cool mm-hmm. I'm not going hiking but that's cool so how just how does how is like your communication re- reference to like you know obviously there there's always some type of like racism or 
um, some race issue going on? Like, how do, like, what are your conversations look like? And I what think, do you expect from him, like, to yeah, support you yeah. through that? I think it was a challenging time during George Floyd. I mean, I'm, I'm located in Minneapolis, for those of you who don't know, because we're just listening. So I actually live really close to like where the protests were like there were protests out my window and marches and like I went you know so it's very real for me mm-hmm. we were living through that um and that was a very challenging time we grew a lot together because um I think I didn't know what this meant I think I was unpacking so much in my mind and I think kind of to your point is I knew and set an expectation from that moment or from learning through that, that I need him to keep up with what's going on. Like, I don't, the reality is I think white people go through their life and like, they only think certain things are important to know. And so I've challenged him, like, I am not going to be the person who educates you about me, about my community. You need to do that on your own because that will take the romance that will take what's special that will take all of that away. So I don't need to tell you, oh, something happened that's devastating to the Black community. And you like, oh, I didn't know that. It's like, if I have to know, I need you to know. And I need you to check in on me. Like, I need you to ask, like, are you okay? Like, what can I do to help as a a bare minimum? And so we went through a lot during that time. Um, I felt like it was a very amplified time. Um, and the fact that I work in equity work so I'm always just hyper sensitive to like situations and policy like just I'm really knee deep in it so I think that's like extra in our like on our relationship so I think we grew a lot like setting those expectations me sitting with the reality of him not truly understanding what it feels like or what it felt like to have George Floyd be killed mm-hmm. and have like this really like understand that. So sitting with that in myself, like, what does that mean for me personally? Like, is this a situation that I want to be in? Because I think that's something that's very valid when a, minor, a minoritized person decides to die, date a white person. It's like those moments you may feel alone. Like, what does that mean? Cause they're not going to be able to ever understand that. And you have to be okay with that reality. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a very challenging time for me. And I think for all interracial relationships. Um, but I think our communication is I'm very direct, like everything that I'm telling you all, I told him and I tell him concerns I have. And I tell him, like we we have a very very open communication line, and I think I've always dated people like that. In fact, mm-hmm. I always think to this one date that I went on with this white guy, and I'm pretty sure he was more interested in sex, and that's not where I was. But I'm like, yeah, like I'm gonna get this free dinner, and I'm gonna like freak him out at the same time. So he's like talking right, kind of like holding space, and I'm like, do you think white privilege is a thing? And he was so uncomfortable and like, it was great. You have to have have those conversations. Yeah, like. And I think for me, that's why I'm like, I wouldn't mind dating outside my race. I'm attracted to all types of guys, but 
um, there is a type of white guy, if I did choose to go that right, there is a type of white guy in my mind that I've created mm-hmm. that would suit what I need, you know. Um, yeah. I have tried the, like, really hip and tuned <laughs> white guy, though, like yeah. in black Greek, you know, uh, yeah. using the coconut oil in the bottle, like, super into it. And that yeah. was, like, more, that was too much for me. <laughs> It is. It is. It, it starts to make really you questions cool. like, dude, do you know what race you are? Like, right? I don't know. It just, I don't do those. Like, I don't do all of those. Wait, why you got a do-rag on? Yeah. <laughs> no, there's those types too that like. Yeah. Got but, but a do-rag for what? Your hair is greasy. I think for his skin. I, I think he's just trying to be part of the culture. And I don't know. I just know I've tried it and it wasn't for me. Like yeah, I, I can't do I can't do the guy the the white guys who try too much to like fit into our culture. Like it's not necessary without honoring it. Yeah, know. exactly. Like I have a comment about that. So I should have invited my brother actually to do this podcast this episode because I didn't think about it. He <laughs> just broke two. up with his partner. Mm-hmm. Um, so not only was he in an interracial relationship, he was in a queer relationship. Oh, yeah, you should have invited him. With um, someone who is non-binary, was born um, feminine, but did not does not identify uh, with any gender. And I did not like this person. I did not like this person at all. And I remember him telling my mom that, oh, you know, you don't like so-and-so because they're white. My mom was like, I don't give a damn that they're white. I think they're manipulative and I think that they're performative because they were all, you know, about Black Lives Matter. This, this, so White Savior is an issue. It's problematic. <laughs> it's very performative. And as, as, um, as my younger brother got closer to breaking up with this person, he was like, I don't think I like them because mm. of this. <laughs> I was like, I mean, we try to tell you, but now that you see it, you had to see it on your own. Yeah. but they they're very much like you're supposed to be an ally and ally this and I was like you use a lot of buzzwords but you yeah. don't say define anything. that for me because yeah. <laughs> you can't tell me that you're an ally like I as a person within this culture and within this this space yeah. have to say that you are an ally like and second, they this person has no right to challenge you as the person who is going through the struggle because it's not your burden to educate people. Like, mm-hmm. so they can be all, oh, I'm an ally. Let's go march. Go ahead. I'm tired and I'm going to rest. Like, mm-hmm. so, yeah, it was a lot of pictures when they first started dating of this person with the whole, you know, the Mal- the the Black Lives Matter shirts and everything. This person also identifies as trans. I really, like, I'm not someone who's going to try and define your sexuality or your gender for you, but you have no, they have no intentions of transitioning, nor did they transition into the body that, uh, or into the gender that they're in. So I'm like, I really don't think you know what trans means. The trans and- community would say that you are no less of a trans person just because you didn't transition. And so that's why I'm like, I'm not going to define it for you, (laughs) but you're a non-binary trans, but you don't want to transition. I think that for equity reasons, the trans community likes to hold space for people. Like people can identify as trans and not transition because 
of equity reasons, not everybody can afford to transition, not everybody has access to transitioning, and not everybody wants to express their gender by transitioning. So like this person could just emotionally feel connected to a transgendered person's journey. Um, And since they're non-binary, I'm assuming that they express themselves differently from day to day because that's how they feel and that's what they Mm -hmm. do. So um, transgender identity is not exclusively referencing someone who's went through medical surgery. Um, but it was most more specifically about the fact that this person is white. And when my brother was like starting to date this person, he was very secretive about it and had only been dating him for two months. And I was like, Ma, something going on. Something right. Your, your child, your child is being weird. And then eventually he was like, well, they didn't have a place to live. And at first he was identifying um his partner with she her pronouns and then like a few months after dating so it was like he lied about him dating her he lied about him dating them he lied about them living with him he lied about them being non-binary up until about six months into the relationship and then he was like actually so-and-so prefers they them pronouns and it is non-binary and I'm like child you just lied about the whole thing this is just what part of you should not be in this relationship are you not getting so yeah, eventually when we do a part two, we're gonna talk about both interracial yeah. relationships and intersectionality and yeah. yeah. No, that would be cool because I think about I think, you know, like I say, there's moments in our relationship where we we spend a lot of time unpacking things. Um and I just appreciate so much the type of communication we have because there is so much for him to learn and for me to learn. And I think if I didn't feel heard or, and I didn't know that he loved me, I wouldn't be able to stay. Cause I think there's a lot of just, there's just always a lot of unpacking to do. And I think, you know, his family has also said to me, if I ever do anything that is offensive or makes you uncomfortable, please tell me. Like, she's like, I hope that I create an environment where you feel comfortable to do that. And I'm like, you have, and I really appreciate that. And she's like, no, that it would never be on purpose, but she's like on her own journey um, during this time. I feel like all white people in Minnesota, especially Minneapolis are like on this journey. It's really interesting to like live here now. Um, so yeah, she his family has been the same way. So I mean, there's been times where um, I have felt microaggressed by him, and I've voiced that. And I think that was part of us growing, like when the George Floyd thing happened, and I would voice that, and he'd do like the typical when white people kind of just dismiss or try to explain it away and it's like no that's my reality Mm -hmm. um so we've had to work through that and like I've had to name you can't downplay it and so he had to reflect on like why that's a response that white people do and he was like you know I think it's just me being in denial about someone I know to be that harmful to somebody or to think that intentionally um mean or spiteful or to do something like that so he was like in denial and so that doesn't happen anymore where I voice like something happening and 
he doesn't understand it or have never experienced it. And he's like dismissing it. And I, I, I also fear when something happens because we're interracial couple and he's there how upset he's going to be and I think you know there's a reality for black people we have to pick our battles like something could end very bad for us and we have to decide if some microaggression or discrimination is worth our time and effort and I don't know if he doesn't understand that or has never had to make choices like that before so that makes me nervous about how he'll react in a moment where, and we've already had like one kind of moment where we were like checking into a hotel and we're like obviously standing next to each other and he's like, I'm checking in. And the guy was just like, are y'all together? And he's like, yes. And he just kept, at, he acts like four times. And he's like, do you not understand? Like, why do you keep, like he got really upset. And so I'm just like, that was like minor. <laughs> So I'm just like really nervous about what it will look like to be have something worse happen. How do you have convers how do you have those conversations to shape like what goes forward in the future? Especially when it's like as a black person, like we sort of inherently know, like we pick up on cues. So even without talking, we are communicating with each other, like save it, shut up until we get somewhere else and then we can talk yeah. about it like that. And they're not picking, um, your partner isn't picking up on those cues yeah. or they don't They don't necessarily understand the danger that you might be in in that situation. So they're like, okay. no, I want to speak to a manager. And you're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that I would probably try to remove him from the situation. Like, I don't know what that would mean if it's like, I don't feel good or like, I would try to be like, this is urgent that I'm removed from the situation so that we can be removed from the situation. Um, in the instances in the past that have happened, I typically like will unpack it later because I feel like in the moment it's not going to be productive to do something either embarrassing for someone or just like be upset. It depends on how upset I am. So I, I like to process and then I come back to situations. And so typically in the past, we've just like unpacked it together. Like I would say, you know, that was problematic or did you notice this and we just kind of he'll say no and then he has said if I'm noticing something that's making me uncomfortable or nervous in the moment to let him know because I think I'm more I mean I'm from Chicago I'm more like keeping eyes around like I notice people who may be staring or things like that I feel we're like, taught to be that way too. yeah but he's like, from a like uh, uh, he's like, your eye, like in New York, yeah. you always gotta know your environment. Yeah. Yeah. I think my tactic is like a, to just unpack it later or be removed from the situation like immediately. Um and he's pretty reserved. Um, like he's not like hot-headed or has a anger issue or anything. So I don't I think for the most part that would work, but I don't know. I just feel like if it got really escalated, I don't know if he would even allow, because I just think he'd be like so taken aback and like just be so like white privilege is I understand it more and more from going out of the country when when I first went internationally and you know, I'm noticing things he feels comfortable doing, but as a black person, I've been socially conditioned to not do Um, like when we go on walks with my dog, I do not like 
looking at the architecture of buildings and like I don't want to go in and ask like oh what project are y'all working on like he's just like oh like let's like let's go ask these like national guard people like how their day is going or like let's go like <laughs> must be nice like, go ask these construction workers like what they're doing in this fancy build I don't know he's just super That's like nice. yeah. and I'm just like bro like black people die like this like we can't be doing you don't go this. looking into shit though. <laughs> and I'm just like so yeah I don't know there's definitely but, I mean, I think it's good he gets to see your world, like, through your eyes at times, too, with yeah. reacting to certain things he does and vice versa, so. Yeah, and I think those are the moments that I just love. Like, it's just the best. Like, I taught him how to make fried chicken. Oh that God. was hilarious. <laughs> like, I'm oh like, can God. we please Why people don't do a chick- fried chicken? I'm sorry. And he was like, <laughs> oh, he's going to be so mad. I'm Does so he clean his, his chicken? Chest. Does he clean his chicken? Yeah. Well, okay. I don't remember. Oh, you're talking about Cameron and Lauren, aren't you? <laughs> From Love is Just Love. Just does he clean his chicken, girl? I think I cleaned it, so it wasn't okay. like he knew how to take it out the package and stuff. I, like, seasoned it and stuff. And then he was like, it bleeds? Why is it bleeding? And I'm like, it's meat, baby. The hell? Like, I thought they drained all of that. No. And I mean, I feel like there's more of a guy thing and not really. Yeah, it's not because he went. He just. Yeah, there's cook. a lot of they things. just like, don't cook. Yeah. I have another question. Sorry, y'all. I no, got questions. questions now, girl. Um, so you mentioned before that, um, that when dating uh, a Black man, that there's seemingly an expectation on us as women for our behavior and what we're expected to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys watch Married at First Sight. I have not been watching the season. But I haven't I have seen the season. newest stuff, but I love that show. So I haven't been watching the season because it'd be stressed. The last three mm-hmm. seasons have stressed me out. Never I was, I, my mental health could not take it no more. But I've been hearing things about the couples, um, specifically Olajuwon and uh, Katina, and his very rigid expectations of what a wife should be. Mm-hmm. And so when she's not that, then he's very critical about her maturity level and what she can't, like, you're not ready to be a wife in this because she's not what he wants mm-hmm. as a wife. And so I wonder, like, what are those specific expectations or like why are these unrealistic expectations put on us? And then like, why is the goal always moved? Like, oh, you know, hey, you uh, you need to be this, that, and the third for, to be a wife. But then you're like, oh, no, you have too much now and you can't be a wife because why would I want to be with you because you're too successful, sir? What? Yeah, and I mean, I think it's a thin line, right? Like gender roles is something in its own thing from interracial dating. But I feel like Black people, we grow up with a certain view, just like we think we stereotype African men to be a certain way. I think that there is also a reality that Black men in America are raised a certain way. And a lot of them see strong women in charge of their households. But as I think about how I want to live and how I want to exist in my relationship, I'm trying to normalize rest and help and and luxury in my life as a Black woman. And I don't want to a partner who doesn't also want that for me. 
I don't want to be strong by myself, even in a relationship. I don't want to be mm-hmm. like, I don't want that. I want, I don't want it. <laughs> so, I think we all tired of the strong black. Yeah. Like, I don't want it. Like, I want to be soft. I want to be pretty. Yeah. I want to be like, I want to pretend like I'm weak and have a man come and be like, you need help with that. I like, mean, I want that. Yeah. Like I want a partner. I want to feel like, I just want that. And so I I think about recently, I wasn't feeling well and I was trying to wash the dishes, but my back was hurting. And he's like, no, sit down. It's okay. Like I can do it. Like I want that. And I don't know if that's about race or not. I don't really know what that is. I think now we're getting into gender roles and expectations, but for me, our part, our relationship is a partnership. Like I cook dinner, he washed dishes. Like I take Kevy out in the morning my dog and he takes him out in the evening or we do it together or I can say I don't feel good and he'll take be proactive about being helpful he loves being helpful I think his love language is service but again I think that's more about like him as a person and not really and that's partnership yeah Mm -hmm. um but I guess you asked about the expectation piece and I just felt like yeah like too many times we hold people in boxes to think about you need to express yourself. And I think maybe, you know, as a black woman or as a black man dating a black woman, maybe you're expecting them to do the things you love about black women, but it's like, maybe I don't want to smell like cocoa butter. I want to smell like Chanel number five and you should be okay with that. And I think I'm like giving up on the culture. Like, I don't want to smell like perm. I don't want to perm. Like, I want to cut my hair off and have a fro. Like, I just felt like I didn't have enough freedom. And so with my partner now, he doesn't know a lot of those stereotypes or has never entertained them personally. Um, So he doesn't think one way or another about how I, what I do and how I express myself. And it's been very much like he's present and learning me. So it doesn't feel like, oh, I'm expecting you to be like this as a Black woman. And all of the people outside of Black that I've dated have just dated me and, like, has zero expectations about if I wear weave or not or if I wear whatever perfume or how I smell or how I act or how I dress. Like, they've just been getting to know me. And, yeah, I just, I don't know. That's been my... no expectations. Yeah, and I feel... Like, somebody would tell me about my perfume I have too many for y'all to be like <laughs> I want you to smell like the goddesses of the the diaspora yeah like no like sir I'm gonna be wearing this uh Lamar by Kajal well that's what I'm wearing today so that's why I said it but um, I'm wearing this middle eastern fragrance that nobody's ever heard of so shut up yeah but I don't that was my experience like I just felt like People will be like, oh, black women not supposed to like getting their hair wet. I'm like, well, I like swimming. Like, I actually don't care if my hair gets wet. Like, why are we I having just this? I don't want to detangle it afterwards. That's my my main But thing. I mean, it's why are we having this like conversation? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Or I can do what I want. <laughs> like, right? Like, mind your business. You, yeah. You, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And shut up. So, I don't See? know. But that's me personally, and that's why I'm not dating anyone right now. Because <laughs> I will certainly be like, and that's my cue to leave. All right, goodbye. That is awkward. Like, 
don't know. But Anthony, you need to come into we're in 2022. Mm-hmm. So we're not, you know, doing the same things our parents were doing. Yeah. So if you expected to have your mama as your wife, then I'm sorry to tell you. <laughs> I mean, you know. I mean, I get it, but it's you get like, what I'm saying. Like, you know, it's the I mean, person I that you look up like to. In your head. Yeah. If you if you want your mama, that one that's gross too. We are not our parents or our grandparents' generation. So people and men specifically who say like they want, why can't we be like you know the previous generations? I'm like, what do you mean when women had to stay married because they had no choice? They couldn't have mm-hmm. a bank account. They didn't. Mm-hmm. They the reason why women are favored now in child support cases is because they knew that if a man divorced them or left them, like there was no money. They, they couldn't get a job. They couldn't have a bank account. How else are they going to take care of themselves? So padding out the child support was the only way to have some sort of financial stability. Mm-hmm. Like, come on now, people. And it's like, men really forget that. Like my grandmother stayed for, they were married for 60 years and blah, blah, blah. And this, that, and the third. I'm like, okay. Yeah, look like at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's a huge difference what we live in and, and you know, what our parents had to, survive because that's essentially what it was because none of that like I'm not gonna say none of their relationships was healthy but most of them shits after a while you learned that they were not healthy they were very toxic when I found out like my grandparents yes they dated for they they were married for a long time but my grandpa was somewhat of a pit so (laughs) and my granny did not play that but you know they stuck together for the sake of the family but ideally who wants to have to sit through all of that you know that where the phrase he knows where home is comes from because it's like well you're doing your business but I'm still the one that's married to him that still benefits from the financial gain from being married so it's like it's not at all that I want to be married to this man Mm -hmm. Yeah. What else am I going to do? So I'm, a, I'm married to him, so you can't be. So boo you. Right. But that's not a flex. Like, but, anyways. But this is a whole dif- different subject we can get into. <laughs> I mean, but just. I, I don't know. I feel like, honestly, in my relationship now, like, race doesn't, it doesn't come. It's not really in your relationship. It's more about the external stuff. Yeah, no, I agree. I feel like that's you what... You have good com- communication, like... Yeah. I think that like, you could get along with someone, but once you go to the outside world, that's, like, where your relationship yeah. can be tested, you know? So um, I think it's really, like, great that you guys do have, like, a strong communication. So obviously you're comfortable to express to him, like, whenever you have those... And I think where both of us are... He's patient with me. I think I'm more patient with like everything, but he's patient with me and I'm patient with him. So I feel like patience and communication. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Will definitely like benefit you. But all in all, like to close this discussion, you know, leave black women out of it. Date who you want. Yeah. Make sure it's genuine. If you are attracted and connected with someone, that is perfectly Ooh, fine. Yeah. But if you go using it as an escape because you had one girl, like therapy is okay. yes, therapy is available and ready for you, honey. Yes. <laughs> like, Let's talk on that. Like, baby, um, 
you got to heal and like, no, you can't tell someone when or how to feel about something or when to heal. But like, yes, you're not responsible for someone hurting you, but you are responsible for For your healing. Yeah. For healing. I had that at church yesterday. Not Good job, Shay Shay. Amen, girl. Hallelujah. <laughs> Were you in service yesterday? I certainly was not. Girl. <laughs> I'm like, she don't go to church, but, but literally, literally in the message yesterday, they said that exact same thing. It's like, you're not responsible for the hurt, but you are responsible for your healing. So, girl, good job. You be speaking facts. Okay. All right. Well, Jess, thank you so much for joining us. Um, of course, we want you back. So whenever, if we do another part two to this with your brother, Shay, we could invite you back. I want to, I wouldn't mind doing that, but um, tell everybody where they could find, find you, your social media. And yeah. Yeah, so because I'm on my E-Pray Love journey, I'm not like really active <laughs> on social media, True. but I am working on launching a small creative business called STEM and Thread. So you can find me there if you're interested in following my small business journey that will be launching in honor of Juneteenth. So um that's stem and thread i think i had to spell and out because it like is that gonna be the website or is that like an instagram or Facebook? so it's gonna be an etsy shop okay. um and then it's on instagram and over time yeah i'll have a website but right now i'm just focusing on like an etsy shop and like an instagram presence mm-hmm. and probably youtube like tutorials to go along with the kits that i release so I think that's where I'm going to put my social media energy and not just like randomly. My dog used to have a thing, but I'm too lazy to like. <laughs> it's a lot of energy. Yeah. yeah. Like, it is a lot of energy, man. It's so cute right so, now. Uh, follow us, of course, on Instagram. This is just my opinion podcast. And follow me, Cassie underscore in underscore progress. And Shay Shay. Uh, they call me Nico on, uh, on Instagram, Instagram. Mm-hmm. and, you know, all the other ones that I always talk about. So. <laughs> don't you got a Twitter now? You're not going to share your Twitter? Uh, you don't remember the name on that? Okay. It is. It's they call me Nico one. It's the same okay. as, um, my TikTok, the TikTok that I use less than I use my perfume one. So, I, yeah, y'all, like I said, <laughs> social media is... is exhausting exhausting and then elon musk just bought twitter so that's why i'm oh, like oh good mm-hmm. i mean yes, I, I saw that i thought he wants to revamp like their purpose or something oh i know it mattered to me i guess i don't have an opinion but i know yeah i was like i don't have an opinion on that one but <laughs> whatever all right well guys please leave your comments your thoughts um if you got your own experience on interracial relationships we want to hear about it but until next time guys we will be back bye bye, bye. bye.